Welcome to ICA Podcast 9. The goal of ICA Podcast 9 is to provide insightful information about the industry to members and non-members of Intercoiffure America Canada, the voice for salon owners. Each week we'll bring business, educational and inspirational topics to aid anyone with ties to the beauty industry. We will have a revolving series of hosts pulling from industry leaders as hosts and guests to keep things lively and interesting and make you wonder what's coming next. Now, here's this week's edition of ICA Podcast 9. We're, we're back again here with Jean Juarez. And if, if you're wondering, yes, I'm wearing the same shirt as yesterday and so is Jean. We haven't, uh, we haven't changed. We've overnight, we've been working on this overnight. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, thank you for, uh, thank you Intercafure America and Canada. Uh, for providing this time and this space for us uh, to discuss uh, uh, some great things uh, uh, about the industry with Gene. And uh, if you didn't listen to the, to the first one, I mean, Gene and I, uh, I, I got together with Gene last, last week and I, I, Gene was my first mentor in this industry. And, and I think it was, uh, and I was trying to think about it, Gene. I was uh, the uh, September of... Uh, 90, I think it was, or 88 or 89, somewhere there. I can't, one of those three years is when I came to meet you at Henry's Off Broadway in Seattle, an old establishment that used to be on Capitol Hill, where next to your office is. But I was trying to remember exactly when it was, but I, I know I was, I was 20 years old. I remember that. So maybe, so no, maybe 21. That's why I was trying to figure out how old I was. Anyway, um, I didn't want to discuss age, but anyway, we're here. So thank you for your time, Gene. Thank you, uh, Enrico Fior, uh, America and Canada for providing this for us. Sheila, you've done an amazing job for getting some of this stuff out in front of people. And I think people need to hear more uh, from individuals like Gene. And Gene, uh, you, you're, you're like Yoda for this industry. Uh, most people don't know it because they haven't heard you, but hopefully they'll hear you after today. Um, so let's start today with what, I, what, what uh, I think the basis of our, our conversation was uh, last week where we started was, uh, what is culture? I mean, when people talk about all the time about you know, salon culture and creating a culture, any business you know, that, that's out there, you know, they, they talk about you can't be successful without having an, an effective culture. What does that mean? And how does that, how does that apply to our, our, uh, our industry and, and our salons today? Oh, I, it, uh, it's, it's huge. Uh, let me just say that uh, if, you, if you study anthropology, uh, where we went from trying to be individuals, the hunter-gatherers, um, and all of a sudden we realized that if we would unite, that the quality of life would go up for everyone. The quality of life would go up for everyone. And it's different than you being an individual. Your quality of life is defined by what you do, rather than if you belong to a, a community, a culture, then the quality of life is what we can do. And we is stronger than me. Mm -hmm. And a good, the goal of any good culture is to lay to, to raise the quality of life of everyone who belongs to it. So if you take that premise, why not create a culture where the quality of life 
is raised for everyone. And how do you create that culture? If I'm a salon owner and, and I'm having, you know, you know, when I was just recently in uh, Memphis for the uh, uh, Intercapure uh, gathering there, and I got the opportunity and the privilege to talk to a lot of salon owners from around the country. And, you know, a lot, um, we, we kind of touched on this because uh, uh, we, have, we have something in common that, that's private, uh, we won't speak about, but uh, uh, we talked about the, this uh, uh, there about mindset. Uh, but a lot of the salon owners that I talked to, and, and rightfully so, because we just came out of this, this uh, jolt that nobody expected with COVID, and what it did to business and everything for everybody. Um, but a lot of salons were still, there were salon owners were fearful, you know, still had a lot of fear in them. And we talked, you and I talked about, uh, about that. Uh, but uh, explain that and the mindset and how that relates to creating a culture or sustaining the culture if someone is out there and is coming through this um, time and is, is wondering, you know, how to get back on their feet, you know, how to let go of that fear uh, and how to, how to reassess their culture or recreate it or whatever it is. Explain that or, or speak to that, if you could. Well, I think the, uh, to me, culture is the DNA of your business. Okay? Just like you personally have a DNA, that's the thing that makes you, it, it tells, what your body to do, how it's going to behave, how it's going to act, it's in your DNA. And your ability to create that in a way of, this is why we do it this way. This is, we've already proven it all. And then there's the trust in the culture, in the system, if you will, that makes it work. I think uh, uh, um, uh, Jim, uh, Guy from uh, Costco. Uh, oh yes, I know you're talking about. Yeah, uh, Senegal was uh, being interviewed on national TV, and uh, the interviewer said to him, uh, "You keep referring and referring to the word culture. Can you explain what culture is?" He said, "Well, he said I can tell you that culture isn't everything." He says, because there's purchasing, there's locations, there's buying, there's distribution, there's all these elements that go into a business. He says, but I can tell you, culture is the only thing. Is the that only. defines you, your culture. I, that's, that what, that's what becomes your brand. Right. What differentiates you from other salons is your culture. Well, you, you They're not going to remember the haircut. They're going to remember your reputation. Right. right. How, how you made them feel. Yeah, and, and but that's everyone. It has to be dedicated right. to the same, the same purpose. I think that, so that, I think the that quality of life will go up forever. Right. I think you just hit the nail on the head. Everyone, I think that's what culture is everybody has to be dedicated to the same values that's and correct. hold those values for it to happen otherwise it's never going to happen same what, values what, what, and spoke, yes values and beliefs exactly but you spoke specifically about mindset and and the salon the individual salon owner today 
you know, coming out of this thing and how, how, that, how that applies to culture. Speak to that if you could, if you remember. But it, mindset, you, you know, was a big thing because we were talking about the other thing on uh, a personal uh, thing we have. And then it, it, we, we correlated that to, to the business side, or you did, to the mindset of that because I told you about my experience in Memphis. Explain, explain that if you could. Well, I mean, uh, trying to recall what, what area of that it was. Uh, we, were was talking about, we were talking about labeling, right? Yeah. And, then, yeah. and that's how it came up, you know. Well, I think, uh, I think we we're faced with a, a real crisis right now of, uh, of we have to understand that everyone, because of this pandemic, uh, has, has been stimulating a really difficult way. Uh, we, we have in our brains uh, a little gland called the amygdala. And the amygdala is stimulates fear, fight, or flight. Mm -hmm. uh, and and uh, and that's where we are. We're, we've got overactive uh, amygdala right now, and so do our customers. I think we've got uh, a real issue on earning back the respect and the habits and the and the disciplines that uh, that made that experience happen. And we've been disconnected from each other, disconnected from our customers. But I think we still have the, the most important thing that most people don't have is we have a touch license. People we have, are for touch. What did you say exactly? We have what? We have a touch license. We can actually put our hands on people, right? And uh, that releases another chemical in the body that is so necessary. Uh, we're we as human beings are more chemically than we think, more chemicals than we think. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, I think we've got a ways to go to earn that respect back. We have to be patient. I think we, we used to become a very part, a big part of everybody's habits where they needed us for their self-image. And right. now that self-image has kind of has changed a tremendous amount. They've learned to grow their hair out. They've learned to deal with a different hair color. Uh, they've accepted their gray. Uh, they just don't go out anymore. They don't, they don't need us in the same way they used to. It's going to take some time for us to get that back, wow. but we have to do that with love, care, and uh, making them feel better when they leave than when they came in. And I'm talking not just about how they look, but how they feel emotionally. Mm -hmm. And and uh, we can do that. That's what we have. That's what made us great. But uh, as far as the what industry, we do is even more important now. Yeah, it's just some being successful in the industry is pretty simple. Uh, know what you're doing, love what you're doing, and believe in what you're doing. If those break down, then there's no experience. 
that's that's i mean it's 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 when you say it it sounds uh so simple but it's like the self-esteem thing right it, yeah. it's uh it all that has to be in a sense earned too i think i think you have to earn you know loving yourself you know by appreciating yourself and yeah. it's, it sounds cliche and kind of you know hokey pokey but it's the truth i mean everything you said it is just every but it, again it's like the self-esteem thing it has it's it's an earned feeling i think i think uh, yeah. you know maybe i'm not but but uh, you know this leads me into, into the next question we, we talked about and 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 this came up a lot in memphis too and that's why i think it's it's great to really elaborate on this one uh because you know the salon owners tend to be uh people that, that have you know got a little few few years underneath the belt like myself and and uh and uh and you know their experience or whatever and um they're not usually the young ones, but uh, being that they have a few years under their belt, they're they're I think afraid, of, you know, of, of of the the new generation or whatever as they call it, because they don't you know they don't want to lose this person or lose that person or whatever, and I think maybe they may compromise a lot more than they would normally. I don't know. I'm just speaking from things that I heard, but everyone thinks the new generation needs to be treated differently, but you don't. We talked about that the other night, and that that really. Um, Blew both Greg and I away. Explain that, please. Explain that the way you did that night, because it was it was uh, it was such an amazing uh, uh, thing to hear. The way you explained it. Well, actually, I think uh, I think we're we're taking the young people, uh, and I'm talking about 18, 19, 20 year olds, 21 year old, um, and they're coming to us to learn a profession uh, and to be part of of something. Uh, I've heard a lot of, uh, of people adjusting to the new generations, all of them have uh, labels and titles. And I look at it is that, that people are people. We have to go back to the basic needs. Why do you want to belong to a culture? Why do you, how do you get better? How do you increase the quality of your life? How do you get respect? Uh, those are not by people giving you things. It's what you earn, self-esteem. Uh, and so I, my direction is that we're, we're just, when people look at these new people coming along uh, on board, uh, they came into the world just like you and I did in like, Everyone else will continue to come in this world. They want some basic things. Uh, we have to create an environment for challenging people where they have rights of passage that if they can do it this way and they can get to this level, then we can get to this level. Uh, I think our system is flawed where we, uh, we try to motivate people uh, with money. Uh, my theory is don't pay money to motivate people. Pay money to motivate people. What was and that again? Say that again. Make, pardon? Say, the, say that again. Don't, don't pay money to motivate people. Pay money to motivate people. Pay money to motivate people. Yes. Right. 
It's so simple again. <laughs> so amazing. Well, yeah, you yeah, it's uh, because the the ones who you pay will just wait, wait, stand still until you pay them more. Right. Right. But the motivated people, that's just the reward. Right. They really didn't even do it at the beginning for <laughs> for the for the money. Right. It's all how amazing different. is that? Yeah. It's pretty simple. But I've but, never thought you know i'm 56 yeah I'm going on 53 but i've never 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 really thought about it like that so and it's that's what i mean the simplified thoughts that you have and the way you express them is just mind-blowing sometimes just to think about them like that simplicity is is obviously a lot but you're good at saying it in a way that anybody can understand it and that's what yeah. i love about it yeah um so so but speak more to that, what we talked about that night and, and the lesson you taught me. Um, and the biggest lesson you taught me, you know, way back when was, you know, I, like I said, you can't, can't do it alone. You got to be a part of a team. But uh, speak a little bit more to what the, you don't think the new generation need to be treated differently and how, how that works into that team mindset that you were talking about. Well, I think that, that it isn't, if you have a culture, that's designed by giveaways. Uh, you keep giving and giving and giving, you will never give enough. Uh, and I think we have to design a, a business where the business is who I refer to as mother. Mm -hmm. And we have to take care of mother first, and then we can take care of ourselves. But for us to continue to grow and continue to be healthy, uh, mother has to have be part of the game. And we're all responsible for taking care of her. It just isn't the owner. Right. And so now you go into a culture which could be defined as a family. And I get to be the dad. And I can clear in my expectations of what I want for us to be a war end. And that's the values and, and, and beliefs uh, that I have clearly spelled out. Uh, if, you, if you put them as, a, as a sides of a road, if you will, uh, anything inside the road, while we're, on the, while we're on the road, that's what we do. That's our values on one side and our beliefs on the other. Our values will never change, but our beliefs can. So if we stay on the road, we have integrity. When we get off the road, we're, we're out of control. So everything that we do is evaluated to exactly to that point. Are we integrous? Are we being who we are? So that way we can go out and say, this is who we are. This is our, our company, organization. Uh, this is our, our brand. Here's, here's who we are. And uh, so if you make a statement about your organization uh, that says one thing, and the customer comes in and has a different experience, then you're out of integrity. 
if you say uh, that your this in your printed material or your advertising, the customer comes in and has a really great experience and follows it, and then they talk to the employee, and the employee doesn't get treated the same way as the customer. Then you're out of integrity. You have no brand transparency from what you say you do, what the customer believes you do, and then if you treat your staff differently, you're out of integrity. So you have to pass the transparency test. What you say, what your customer experiences, and what does the staff believe? How do they get treated? They have to have that common thread among them. Yep. So, so having said that, you mean you've taught so many uh, stylists, even during my time in, in Seattle. I spent what thirty years in Seattle or so. Yeah, uh, thirty-two years in Seattle. I mean, during that time, you taught a lot of stylists and and uh, and a lot of salon owners. Uh, a lot of stylists that left wound up becoming salon owners in Seattle. Mm -hmm. uh, you're responsible for a lot of people's success. What's that common um, thread or element that binds us all together? Well, yeah. Well, first of all, I'm very proud of, of that. That uh, in Seattle, we probably started 40 salons that mm -hmm. came from us. Uh, and what I'm probably the most proud of is that I can walk into any of those salons and be welcome. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty amazing. Yep. Yeah. Nobody wants to throw a pie in your face. That yeah. I know for a fact. Yeah. yeah. Everybody wants to give you a hug. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, yeah. That's, uh, you should be proud of that. Absolutely. Without a doubt. So, having said that, you know, it's, it's somebody uh, said to me recently, it's uh, when people are, are in, you know, that last stage of, of uh, their life, uh, uh, kind of the, 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 you know, every every play has three acts, and at the, then you have the climax and the third act, and then after that you have the resolution, and, and you know things are things are you know sewn in together. And at that point, people have have regrets, but it's not usually the regret is about what they did; it's regrets about what they didn't do. Uh, right. What what for you? What's what's your biggest regret in your career, if you have one? Well, I think probably selling my business too early. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I just, uh, uh, I, I had. Why, why, why do you work. say? Why do you say that? Because most, most people. I hope everybody out there knows. I mean, G, G had an amazing. He had what I think was eight or nine salons. Was that right at the time? Yeah. Or seven? Yeah, and he had three academies. Yeah, well, there were ten, ten stores, including the, the uh, two academies. Right, and you had how many employees? Uh, I think it was 1300. 1300. I mean, so this is the, the scale of the operation that the Gene was running. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a, your little mom and pa salon. It was, it was, a, it was an amazing operation. And, and to say that you regret selling it too soon and you, and, and did it as amazing as you guys did, uh, that, but what, what do you mean by that? Well, there was more that I, that I, I could have done. I had a lot of dreams and, uh, and uh, I started looking at the life that I have left and I wanted to have a different experience. Uh, and I might be 
might be saying this also too because of COVID, where there's nothing to do, there's nothing. Right. Life has changed, and the whole uh, retirement experience uh, has changed. Right. But I still found out that I still love the industry, and it still uh, still is motivating me uh, to be involved, and uh, and a lot of good friends. Right. Yeah. So, so it sounds, I mean, it sounds like, you know, everybody gets to that point. You have 1,300 employees, 10, 10 stores and all that. And, and I, I know I heard figures back then that the, your revenues were somewhere around 50 million or something with give or take, right? Uh, yeah, a lot more. Uh, a lot more. Okay. So, yeah. so, and the only reason I'm saying that is for people to understand that, you know, when you sell, you sell based on your EBITDA and, and a multiplier of that. And so I'm, and you know, even with that figure of 50 million, you guys did incredibly well and you still regret selling it, selling it too soon. And, and, and what I wanted to hear was exactly what you said, that it wasn't because you felt like you could have gotten more money. It was because you felt like you still had more to give and, and maybe you, you cut out too soon. And, and I think we had that conversation recently because there was yeah. a, another group that, you know, obviously owns Gene Whereas now. Yeah. And you, you had said, if I may share, um, and I hope I'm not speaking out of school, uh, you said that just uh, they don't know how to use you uh, at this time. And, and you have so much to give. And I think you want to give. And I think that's why the conversation, you know, each time we get, you know, I see, but the, this last time really had a profound effect on me because it was just you have so much still to give. And you're here. And, and I know you want to give it. And, 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 uh, and I think I hope more people pick up the phone and call or or, or really uh, not use you, but you know what I'm talking, use you in a sense of gain as much knowledge as they can from your experiences you had and what you did, because, you know, it was amazing. I, and early on, most people don't know this, but a lot of uh, salon owners that, you know, people that went on to become big globally, like uh, Horst and David Wagner came to see you early on to see how you were doing it. Uh, what, I mean, what do they, what do they walk away with? What do they learn from you that caused them then to go out and become as successful as they were? Do you think? Well, I think my, my story about David Wagner is, uh, is we, uh, he asked me the best question I've ever been asked. Uh, he came to do a tour because Horst had sent him here because he had horse and heard me were doing something special out here. Uh, and uh, I was, I showed him the facility, let him meet with people, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we uh, were on our way to the airport. And he said, uh, well, gee, is there anything that I, that I should, see or know that we didn't talk about it. I said, well, yeah, the most important thing. He said, what is it? I said, culture. He said, what do you mean culture? He says, well, here's what we believe in stuff. And so he, uh, he stayed for two extra, two extra days. After that, yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah because the physical plants, uh, salons are salons, ours were pretty and they were large, but how do you run those? But uh, how do you transform from, we were small, like everybody starts small and then you go bigger and bigger and bigger. And how do you develop 
the systems necessary to do that. Uh, and when I talk to people and I, they ask me my, about my systems that I we had in place, I said, how big are you? Oh, and they tell me, I said, well, then you don't need my system. Mm -hmm. Just like I can't use your system to run my large operation, you can't use my large system to run your small system. Mm -hmm. And you have to understand it's a, it evolves. You have to go through that maturation. Right. But uh, I think our strength is, is, uh, is that we, we're dedicated to growing people, growing young people, and, and teaching them uh, our way, and what we do, and why we do it. And everything, everything is about the why. If, if someone knows how to do something, they'll always have a job. But if someone knows why to do it, why they do it, then they'll have a lot of people working for them that know what to do. But you have to know why right. to keep that to yourself. Why is it we do it this way? and be willing to change that too. And obviously they, they went back, to, David went back to horse and they applied everything and look what they did. So it was all- Well, no, they, they, uh, yeah. they had their own culture. Right. They, yeah. And, uh, but, they, but, they, but they learned a yeah. lot from you to apply yeah. to their culture, to, to grow yeah, their we culture. Had, yeah. We had lots of, lots of people come through and, from all over, right. actually all over the world. We had, Shiseido was sending, uh, I think it was like 40 people a year in two different groups to come over and study. Uh, we put a week program together for them. And then we went, we did that for six, eight years. See, every, everybody knows about the, the, the music that came out of Seattle between 88 and 95. Everybody knows about, you know, the, the Starbucks coming, Costco coming out, uh, Boeing, you know, and, and so on. I mean, it, it, it's, it's tremendous, the, the names, that's Microsoft, that everything that's come out of Seattle, but nobody equates to, and this is one of the other things why I thought it would be important to have this, uh, this call, because, you know, Seattle, Seattle's were, were uh, my soul is, you know, my, my heart's in Charlotte because my kids are here and, and they were born here and I have a 10 year old and six year old, but my soul is in Seattle. That's, I have a Seattle soul. And, and uh, the hair, you, you, what you did for the hair world, um, I think, you know, uh, needs to be given credit because it, it, it was amazing. And, uh, you know, looking back, this is in hindsight, you don't see, you know, you, when you're part of something, just like the music scene, I remember going and, and seeing uh, 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 Mother Love Bone, which was a band, the Pearl Jam was before they were Pearl Jam, I saw their Pearl Jam's first show. And, and, you know, you forget about these things when you're there. So when you're always a part of your organization, you know, I didn't appreciate the, some of the things you were trying to instill in me and everybody around me. And I'm, I'm grateful for it. And I appreciate it so much. And he did this for the community and, and for everybody that came to see you. Uh, but uh, uh, lastly, just to, just to kind of, you know, say goodbye to everybody on a note. What's the best advice that you could give? And probably, you know, it would be would have been different, obviously, before COVID. But what's the best advice you could give to any stylist today? And uh, it's a two-pronged question. 
what's the best advice you can give to any salon owner today? And I, and I know we talked culture a lot, but what, what I would just want to hear from you, what would be those, those two things, those two answers for those two questions? Well, I'm just, uh, I think just sum, or sum it up for that. You know, I, I, we, I talk about rowing people and uh, in the why. Uh, well, understanding the why, what that's about is, uh, is really important. I think as you're growing people, is teaching them how to think and being in charge of their thinking. And thinking is their is their real freedom as a human being is how we think. We're the choices of how we analyze our world and how we we think because our thinking becomes our beliefs, mm -hmm. and our beliefs become our attitude. If someone tells you you have a bad attitude, go back and think about your thinking. And then you can change your belief that changes your attitude. Your attitude becomes your habits. If you have poor habits, go back and think about your thinking. It changes your belief, it changes your habits. Your habits become your behavior. If you have bad behavior, go back and think about your, your thinking. Your behavior will become your reputation. Mm -hmm. Your reputation is because of how you thought, how you behave. It's your reputation. Your reputation is the one that will define your opportunities. Define your opportunities. Yeah. yeah, by your reputation. Your opportunities will create your destiny, all by how you thought. Wow, so, another mind-blowing thing. <laughs> Except this time we're 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 not doing it over cocktails. We're yeah. we're <laughs> talking to each other. Is that I mean, yeah. That that's another. It, it's amazing thing. I mean, that those are the things that I love. You know, here and it just made me reminisce. You know, we were talking last week yeah. about the. Uh, all that time, and I, I love, I love, I miss that that community so much. And uh, yeah. yeah, I appreciate appreciate your time, Gene, and I love uh, you dearly. I, and I, I appreciate and I it. So and I want to, I want to say, uh, we'll get through this. We'll get through this shortly. Yes, we will. Yes, and we will. We'll be, we'll be, uh, we'll be back strong. Stronger than ever, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. All right. Thank Thank you guys for listening. Thank you Thank for you very uh, much. Yes. Thank you. Goodbye. Love y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the ICA Podcast 9 podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for more industry insight and information. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast too and share it with your friends in the industry. Our only goal is to bring people together and share information with those that need it. Intercoiffure America Canada is proud to be the voice for salon owners. For more information about us, visit intercoiffure.com. That's intercoiffure.com.